Hey, hey, it's Shai Sheree, and thanks for tuning in to The Slay, the show for America's Outcasts, for those who have been overlooked, underappreciated, and misunderstood. The saying goes, communication is key. We are here to start the conversation. Let's slay. Welcome back, you guys. I am super, super bittersweet today because this is the first show of many oncoming shows that I do not have Mariah with me. She is on her way to Vegas right now. I'm really, really happy for her. This is an amazing expansion that she's going to be able to do for her business. So prayers up for her and her journey, but <laughs> I'm sad that she's not right here with me. I am your girl, Shai Sheree, your hostess with the mostest. And today I have two very, very, very special guests on the show. The first is my beautiful mother, Kenya McDuffie. You got to say, this is going to hear you. Say hey. hello. Hey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the next is my good friend Shade Hoskins. Um, today we are talking about mental health and the kids and saving our youth, y'all. So, mom, if you want to start off and just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do, give them a little background. I am Kenya McDuffie, Shire's mother. Um, I am also a social worker uh, first, and that experience has taken me into um, particularly the mental health war world. Um, causing me to create my own agency, which is called Do Over Project. Do Over. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm the executive director of Do Over Project. We are a mental health agency that contracts with local state entities like Division of Mental Health and Addictions or Department of Child Services to service youth ages 6 to 17. And so I have a cool team of people that go out and do home and community-based services, working one-on-one -on -one with parents or one-on-one -on -one with youth. And then we also have a respite house um, where we provide what is respite, a break for parents who are also the caregivers for children with mental health disorders. And so been at it about 20 years, um, worked for places like Midtown Mental Health, uh, Adult and Child Mental Health, and then was graced enough to be by God to be able to start my own. So. And Sade, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, I am Sade Hoskins, also Red Cup Shawty, depends on the okay. day of the week. But <laughs> um, what I do, <laughs> what I do for uh, on a daily basis, my full time job is I work for the mayor's office as a resource coordinator. Um, so what I am stationed or assigned on the East District um, with a specialty in youth and domestic violence. So. Um, a big part of what I do is creating program programming, prevention, intervention, and interruption as violence mm -hmm. as it pertains to violence for our youth on the east side. Um, and then my side business, my own business. I, I love that you own your business. Um, so I'm new. It's about a year, and what I do is host events, family and uh, community events, as well as educational workshops, mm -hmm. all geared to bring the people together. Community building. That's my whole. That's my whole we thing. Need that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I love that she does that because you always hear people with the excuse of, "Well, it ain't really nothing to do. It's always the same things to do. We can't. We can't keep our youth interested in anything." So I think it's dope that Shade is someone just closer in our age, you know, young adults uh, looking to try to get teens out and get them involved in the community. So that's what's up. Um, it's going to be a dope show today, you guys. going to start off with one time for, as you know, I like to do every show one time for somebody special. Um, just giving, you know, a shout out to them. It would not be right if I did not do my one time for Chadwick Bosner. That Absolutely. was I mean, I <laughs> I was literally doing my makeup. I was at <laughs> y'all house and I was doing my makeup to get ready to go out to karaoke and it popped up on my phone and I was like, I cannot <laughs> go out and pretend like this is okay. Yeah. Um, I think it is absolutely incredibly admirable that he not even I'm not even gonna say hid that, you know, disease, um, but just kept it to himself because yo, just because you're yeah, just because you are in the spotlight all the time does not mean that all your business is everybody's absolutely. business. So I absolutely love being able to see him going to children's hospitals and doing these motivational speak speeches and just being an amazing actor and, and just motivational person. So we lost a really good one. We lost a good one. So one time for Chadwick Bosnia, y'all. Absolutely. Wakanda forever, y'all. Wakanda forever, forever. Better Black News. I. I had a really hard time, I'm, and I'm not even joking, I had a really hard time finding better black news because I'm just really sick of all of 
what we're seeing, like the state of our nation is crazy. So for better black news today, I'm just going to say that better black news is that Jacob Blake is not dead and they wanted to kill that man and they did not kill that man. He is paralyzed from the waist down, but he is alive and he is still on this planet and he's going to get his justice. I, I, I know that that's definitely going to happen. So we just, ugh, some days I just don't even want to be on the internet because I don't even know what I'm going to see next, but that's why we're doing this show today. So we can, you know, keep our youth out of those situations. Um, y'all ready to dive in? We can Let's dive go. Let's dive in. All right. Um, so I just want to first kind of talk about what are some of the most common uh, mental or behavioral disorders and illnesses that we see, um, especially in your kind of line of work, Mom. I know you see it. You work with a lot of kids or families that have one or more members um, that are suffering from some kind of mental illness or some kind of behavioral disorder. Um, and I just want to kind of start with there with what naming what some of those are and what the symptoms and what those look like. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> um, I know we've all heard of attention deficit. Yes. So ADHD, which is <coughs> attention deficit hyper disorder. That's me. Uh, <laughs> it's the poster child for ADHD. Well, she's gonna help I am not. Bore <laughs> me completely out. That's why I'm a mental health provider. Actually, <laughs> that's what got me. No. But attention deficit disorder, and and I don't want to cut you no, off. No, go ahead. Jump on in. Um, uh, depression is common with children. Um, anxiety is a major, a major one, especially right now. It's very prevalent right now. Um, so I think the three biggest ones would be anxiety, ADHD, depression, um, bipolar disorder. Bipolar. Well, th that's age specific. So mm. I work primarily with six to seventeen years old. So at that age. Um, we're looking more at like anxiety, and not to say that it can't go there, mood dysregulation disorders, having trouble regulating their moods. Um, and all of those things can lead to symptoms like cutting, for mm. example, uh, where you do self-harm, suicidal ideation, homicidal ideation. Um, but there are some particular uh, diagnoses that until you're about 18 or older, you can't really touch on schizophrenia, bipolar. We might see some of the symptoms, hallucinations, para uh, paranoia, um, but you won't necessarily get di di diagnosed with at that age. Yeah, um, I think one that I see a lot um, working in mentoring um, facilities is like the it's like uh, disruptive defiant disorder mm -hmm. disruptive or something. Disruptive mood disorder. Yeah. Oppositional um, defiant disorder. That's another big one. I yeah. That one. I see. I see that one. Yeah. yeah. That one a lot mm -hmm. um, with yeah. especially teenage boys. Yeah. I think in my just outside looking in, not really a professional experience. So that is something that has always been like ADHD is the one that they always say is overdiagnosed and it's not a real disorder. And it's just, you just got bad kids. Um, ODD is another one where it's just like, oh, they just don't like to answer to authority. Uh, and I think a big part of why we have so many situations where we have juveniles getting locked up for running away from home or whatever the case adults. may be. Or adult, um, I think a lot of that is just because it goes undiagnosed. I, there's this stigma in the black community that we don't need help, that we, we can't ask for help, we can't do therapy. If, if we're not normal, then there's something wrong. Uh, and I really want to break that stigma. But I think, Mom, you wanted to talk a little bit about anxiety and that. Well, I want to kind of talk about just the ADHD. I know personally raising Shira, you know. <laughs> And beautiful. here comes the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to you know, get off live now. <laughs> let's talk about the black stigma. You know, get I was told a lot call. of different things. You know, of course, it was like corporal punishment. You know, if she was overly active and doing things that, you know, it was like, come back, stop doing that. Come back over here, do this. Um, not able to nap. You know, those were things that I saw early on with Shire. She didn't really nap. She had a lot of energy, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing until it was about like midnight and you were like, <laughs> can we go to rest? <laughs> And so she kind of crashed and burned. And what I found, you know, that's how she went to bed. You went to bed every night. It's like she, you, went to bed every night. And so after countless, countless, you know, di different p pieces, I say, of advice that weren't helping at all, <laughs> I decided to go get assessed because, and I w was delayed in doing it because Shire was very intelligent. Like when you learned your alphabet, you said them forwards and backwards. 
Like, who did that? And then it, she was my first child, so somebody was like, uh, you know all kids can't say the alphabet's backwards. And we're talking about, like, at 30. Wow. So I was like, <laughs> okay, all right, you know what? That might be unusual. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and then it was like, you know, uh, she was reading early, you know, at a, like, fourth grade level, um, at first grade and so on. And so I was like, okay, so you're smart enough, so you know and understand what I'm saying to you. So when <laughs> right. I say do these things, why are you not doing these things? Right, right. And so finally, Riley Children's Hospital, shout out, hashtag save my life, hashtag <laughs> saved her life, um, did the assessment. And they were like, if there's a poster board, she would be on there. <laughs> and I was like, so what do we do? And they was like, well, there's medicine. I was like, no, we're not doing that. You're not <laughs> about to have a zombie. Um, six schools um, later, kicked out of one school, six schools in one year, child care, preschool. I played with different things and finally looked at that, and immediately it was just a transition. But my struggle was I, I didn't want medicine. I didn't want to do that. And someone brought it to me. They said if she had a heart condition and if she had diabetes, would you not give her meds? And I said, absolutely, I would give her meds. Why would you even say that? Well, this is no different. It's right. a chemical imbalance and all those things. And so, um, why is that man taking my picture? <laughs> I think he's trying to get a picture of his logo. Okay. Uh, he but, can hear you um, also. Oh, sorry. They can hey hear there, you. Sir. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but redirecting back to this. And so, making that choice was a game changer for you. I don't know if you know know about it. I know uh, kinder care appreciates it very much. <laughs> and day nursery. <laughs> And it went on for there. So, um, but uh, I did want to talk about anxiety, which is oftentimes ADHD. Uh, anxiety is misdiagnosed as ADHD hmm. because they have similar symptoms. Mm. But I don't want to hog. No, 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 you're fine. Yeah, we're, we we're listening. We yeah, this. learning. Yeah. Um, you're the most professional no, here. Absolutely, you know I'm the most. So, no, it's all of it. but uh, at the end, you were able to go on and do a lot of amazing things and be involved in a lot of amazing things because your focus was now shifted. Get in your mic a little bit more. Let's scoot your chair up. Yeah, I think that um, a lot of the stigma as well has to do with um, religion. Um, I grew up in the church. Oh, yes. Um, and if you, you know, mental health disorders just wasn't a thing that was even possible, like, you better talk to God about that. Mm -hmm. right. Um, we're going to have a, a prayer warrior meeting and <laughs> all the people in the prayer call going to pray on that. Um, or something like depression. How many of our young people go through depression, but they're not heard or felt by their uh, uh, trusted adults because mm -hmm. they don't pay no bills, right. um, because they don't got the responsibilities that we have. Um, and we unvalidate their feelings by just saying, girl, you a kid. You, mm -hmm. you feel me? How can you right. be depressed instead of... Um, trying to investigate. We don't know what our teens go through at school or right. bullying or, you know, all these things. They're away from us 10 uh, hours a day. Right. Um, so it, it is possible for them to be depressed or anxious or whatever. And um, like you said, it's a chemical imbalance. So um, just simple prayer, as much as I love uh, talking you to love the Lord, Lord. Um, <laughs> it's just not going to cure a, a chemical imbalance. So. Absolutely not. And I think God put, I, and I don't think I know God put people in place like ourselves to be able to address those situations. Before I formally got an education, I was already called. I would be braiding somebody here. My college husband, somebody would be like, yeah, I was abusing a child. And I was like, what did you call me on? <laughs> Or I had this, I had that going on, but God also gave me the gift of confidentiality. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I didn't gossip. So next thing I know, you know, they were sharing more the next time I saw them. But I wanted to speak to even what you were saying, being misdiagnosed with some of like our young boys. I had one mom. I helped her out one time because they were like, "He's lazy. He's lazy." No, he was depressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were, and I mean, that was like a major game changer for him because he would be doing so well, and then he would hit what would be a period mm -hmm. where he would be suffering what are the symptoms of depression, he was being viewed as being lazy and not trying, you know, trying to get out of, you know, practice and all those things. Um, but no, he was depressed. And, and not motivated. And not, right. So, and, and depression will take your motivation. Yep. It will make you not want to get out of bed, you know. And so that's why it is important just to talk to your kids, you know, so that they feel comfortable talking to you. There's a great book called How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen and How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. Hmm. And it's, it's really good at helping parents understand it because, I used to be all about, you know, um, well, what the whole saying was kids should be seen and not heard. Yeah. But people are crazy nowadays <laughs> in simple ways that they don't respect our babies. Mm -hmm. So your kids should always be heard. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. Um, 
when you're doing things to harm children and, and they have this uh, mindset that they're supposed to keep their mouths closed right. because of, you know, what happens at home, stay at home, right. all yeah. those things. Family business. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm off all that. I don't believe in none of that. Yeah. I, I, that's like going to be a whole, that can be a whole nother episode. <laughs> whole nother but like, of that can just be a whole nother <laughs> On just like, and I don't have kids. So like maybe once you push a child out of your vagina, your idea of respect changes. But like I see a lot of that, even just in reading like some of my friends' posts or whatever. I see a lot of where there is this idea that yes, a child needs to stay in a child's place, but, like, how long is that a child's place? Because, uh, like you said, we don't know what our teens are going through in high school and things like that. But I know when we were in high school and we were watching movies and you should seeing kids getting pushed in the lockers and bullied and stuff, like, that stuff wasn't really happening. Or right. I never really actually saw it. Right. But nowadays, like, you really see... 14 year olds with guns that mm -hmm. a 14 year old just got killed On just got killed yeah. a couple a, a couple weeks ago or like last week mm -hmm. you see 16 15 year olds popping pills and 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 trying to find access to Adderall and and Percocets and all of this stuff and that's I mean that could be influenced from anywhere but just as the times change the way that we deal with and treat our kids have to change too because Keeping to that standard of kids should be seen and not heard. That's how kids get hurt. That's how that's how secrets get kept. That's how they right. they are finding these drugs and and you don't know anything about it because they're not talking to you about mm -hmm. good or bad what they're going through. Um, I want to say something to that even on the milder sense of something as simple that seems so innocent. I always teach my girls about um, self advocacy and you know, and respecting of their person, you know, that you are in control. A very small thing, um, speaking in terms of predators, you know, I'll have someone else say, you know, oh, go give that girl a hug. You know, you, mm -hmm. I love babies. I love babies. I love babies. So I'll approach them and they'll be like, eh, mm -hmm. you know, that's their protection. And so the mom, which is very innocent, said, give her a hug or give grandma a hug yeah. or give uncle so-and-so a mm -hmm. hug. And they do it crying or, or whatever. And if they don't do it, I've seen where a parent might pop them, mm -hmm. you know. Something as simple as that is telling that child you don't have control over your body. And not to say that something ill will is going to happen, but in the event that something may happen, that child might rationalize, well, the last time I didn't give that person a hug mm -hmm. like I was supposed to. I, I got, got in trouble I got for it. Trouble. Yeah. I got spanked. Mm -hmm. And so it's subtle things, but I'm so strong about it because I deal with a lot of the aftermath, and it all started out so simple. Mm -hmm. It all started out so simple. And some of these predators do what's called grooming, and, and they're usually someone who's very close to you, and mm -hmm. they're doing it for years. Yeah. For years. They'll get to know you for years before they actually act. And so it's important to be able to hear that child's voice and respect their no, even if it's just something as simple as a hug. Mm -hmm. Because who knows down the line, you know, what they might encounter and feel like they don't have control of their own body or their personal space. Have you seen that documentary on Netflix, Abducted in Plain Sight? I have. Oh my God. Have you seen it on? Well, there's a documentary. It kind of ties into like the religion and everything, but there's a documentary on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. And it's about this family whose one of their daughters gets kidnapped twice okay, by yeah. by like the, the church neighbor yeah. friend whatever and i just like jokingly you know watching that show it's like mm, white people like this is just some <laughs> this, this this but but the equivalent to that is you know that that black mom that doesn't want to listen to her daughter when she says your boyfriend you know walked in on me on the shower or you know touch me inappropriately or whatever that it all moms not just well, yeah, but but you yeah. see that a lot more. That is the stereotype and stigma in our community, or when or the representation that you see in movies is it's always the mom choosing the the husband or the boyfriend before the kids or things like that. And that's not necessarily true of all families or everyone's situations. But um, it's just one of those things that you see, and it always makes me kind of think like, what is it? Wh where in our line of history did we decide that we? can't trust our kids, if that makes any sense. Um, I think that with all families, especially families that have that are dealing with like one or more kids that are having a mental health issue or some type of behavioral disorder, 
the earlier the better to detect those things. And sometimes no one in that family is equipped to deal with whatever that case may be, but we will literally like watch our kids go to ruins because we're because yeah because we are we because we've been told oh just pray on it mm -hmm. oh we medicine is not we don't we don't need that we're good we've got this um i think to go even further than that um trauma is what i see it like almost like 99 point something nine oh, just say 100 mm -hmm. percent of the time as it relates which is post-traumatic stress mm -hmm. disorder um and so knowing that is defined it's a, it's a deep disturbance and if it's left untreated it can exhibit it itself i i say trauma does a many of things it can leave you lost it can leave you troubled it can make you question yourself it can question your faith um, T.D. Jakes said, you know, that trauma eats away at your faith. Um, and it's a perfect example of that because that's part of that spinning where you're just kind of lost. Mm -hmm. And if a parent doesn't get that addressed, that's what forms into anxiety mm -hmm. or forms into depression or forms into trauma can, can do a many of things. Mm -hmm. Trauma can make you question who you even are in terms of your just identity. It can make you uh, do things and act completely out of character, yep. you know, because of things that um, you've been experienced. Even just like right now, you know, to me seeing, you know, Miss Floyd, murdered live on that was traumatic to mm -hmm. me i had to give myself a moment to step back away because it, it disrupted my whole mm -hmm. entire it did. mood it did. and it shook me yeah and so there's you know forms of secondary trauma and people and we see those things and people are like oh that was bad okay now I got right go. going back to work oh no you need to process that yeah and really deal with it and i gave myself self-care time to be able to deal with that but think of a mother who doesn't have that time so she has been exposed to sexual abuse, her own self. Mm -hmm. um, she has been exposed to physical domestic violence or whatever. So she's at a weakened state. So now you birth these children and you're expected to advocate for them in your weakened state right. yep. without being treated. Not to say that she can't if she were to be treated and strengthen herself up. But now you got all this stuff you're dealing with. You trying to pay the bills. You trying to get them off to school. You trying to keep a roof over your head. You trying to do this. You know, and where, where and and still function dysfunctionally, mm -hmm. because if you don't get it treated, there's gonna be some dysfunction that manifests. Oh yeah, and, and it'll uh, become a pattern. And it becomes a pattern. And so, if I was a woman that was severely abused and I and I never got that dealt with, um, I could be triggered by the fact that a man who is in my home doing that to my child makes me almost be revictimized and become that child again and feel mm -hmm. like I don't even have the strength to protect her because. You know, the last time that happened, it was awful. Mm -hmm. And so it scared me so bad. It d it just literally almost destroyed me. So when I see some some characteristics of it, I might act like I don't even know what's happening. Right. You know, and, and your child is now exposed. And so it's so important, you know, uh, from a treatment standpoint to really be able to have it to, to resolve, you know, what are at least the symptoms that allow you not to be able to function. Yeah. Yep. You know, on a day-to-day -day basis, if that makes sense. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. A lot of our work is just trying to allow you to be able to move through it. And I had a kid one time said she was doing all these things that were very adult-like. Mm -hmm. And when we got to the underlying need of it, she said, my sexual abuse experience made me feel like I, I don't know how to be a kid anymore. Mm. So w what am I supposed to do? And part of my, the, my greatest work is helping kids reestablish their purpose. A purpose-driven life. Rick and Warren, thank you. Shout out for that. <laughs> makes all the world of a difference. Yeah. I, I mean, it really does. And so to be able to show her, you you are still a, a kid. You are still a kid. Yes, as a matter of fact, you need to function as a kid. Let's go do some childlike things. Mm -hmm. And, and you're, you know, that's happened to you. It's not who you are. And so helping her understand, I, I yes, you still have permission to be childlike, mm -hmm. you know, despite these things that happen to you. And so... No, no, you're good. I, I'm like super on trauma. I've I've yeah. done a training called Trauma Informed Care, um, and what Very it does is training. yeah, it teaches us service providers, teachers, mentors, and all mm -hmm. those things um, how to how to look at trauma. So like something like um, a young black girl, 13, 14, coming into her first period class, she's upset. 
she's angry, um, she's trying to eat her breakfast or whatever. Now mm-hmm. the teacher may see this as a little bad attitude mm-hmm. teenage girl mm-hmm. that wants right. to eat in my class. But what you don't know is mm-hmm. she didn't eat at home. What it took her to she get here mm-hmm. today. You know, she is the her mother probably worked. She's getting a, a her little sibling to school, school every mm-hmm. day. He didn't pee in the bed, so mm-hmm. now she got to start a load this morning. Absolutely. So you don't know what it took for her to get here. So instead of criticizing, instead of being angry, instead of like writing her up because she's eating in your class, how about we as leaders say, hey, I understand this is first period. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you the first 15 minutes of my class to eat, and after that you got to put it up. Mm-hmm. So now that student feels like this is a safe place right. to come and eat her meals um, and now she understands you as a safe teacher that yeah. understands maybe what she got going on in her life. So um, I think that that understanding those little small situations or like our, our young boys, um, your mama didn't yell at you all morning because you ain't, cl- you ain't took out the trash, mm-hmm. you was late getting out of bed, you know, all these things. So you started your day with your mama cussing you out. Yep. Right. So then by the time you get, get to school, yeah, I'm upset. Ain't yeah, trying I'm to hear angry. Nothing yeah, I'm, trying anybody to, yeah, I'm acting out because my day started on negativity. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think those small things as parents, as mentors, as leaders, teachers, whatever, if we can figure out how to uh, – look at our students and our y- young people from a trauma standpoint of what, what happened to them before they got, got here with me here yeah. today, um, we can make a, a huge difference. Definitely. Right. And, and just we, oh, I was going to say, and even they're talking about now secondary trauma. There's uh, professional development we're working on, helping teachers understand how you could be partaking in secondary trauma. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For those very reasons. So it's really big. It's yeah, I was going to say, just from my experience uh, working as a sub, I could see it's it's interesting how you the behaviors are almost identical no matter what age. I I subbed and taught second grade and I would have kids that would come in or one particular kid that would come in every single day and it was like if he didn't finish his breakfast on time or whatever that was it. If you tell him to throw it away and he's not done that was it. It would shut his whole day down. And it wasn't until maybe 2 3 weeks later that I found out, you know, he doesn't eat at home or he, you know, he he does this is the only time that he eats. Um, but the exact same thing I saw when I was working with like 8th graders where it's like she's talking back and rolling her eyes and I have to, you know, we have to learn also that it's not always just going to be give and get you have to put work into right. it because it took me two three times talking to that girl before i realized what's really going on you know mm-hmm. i was i i care I, i'm just a sub i might not be your teacher you might not see me every day but like i'm here for you what's really going on and she was um adjusting to her dad getting locked up or it was it was something like that and um but the behavior was the same where she would just shut down like mm-hmm. when we came in in the morning and if she was having a bad day you couldn't say anything to her she would just shut down uh, and I think we have to get rid of this notion that kids are bad like I think we need yeah. to stop calling yeah. kids bad yeah, because absolutely. they're they can't be bad they can be misguided they can be misunderstood they, they can, can make be bad choices. they can make bad choices Different. but I don't believe in there being bad kids no. um I think this is a good way to, or a good part to place this transition into talking about the effect of this pandemic and families who are one of the things that was the most frustrating for me as a teacher and even as just like working at a daycare was feeling like parents were sending their kids to school or to daycare for us to raise them I don't have no kids, so I'm not, and I'm probably not going to raise my kids as traditionally as most people do, so when you send, you know what I'm saying, when you're sending your kids to school, and and those are always the parents you get that are like, when you tell them, like, oh, he bit someone today or whatever, and they're like, no, he would never, he doesn't do that at yes, home, he does. like, yes, he does, yes, he does, yes, he does. like, <laughs> no. so like now even like switching to just Kids being home all the time. Parents are not used, like you said, your kids are in school or away from the house 10 hours out of the day. So now you got your kids at home. I was, uh, <laughs> I was when I was watching Milo and she was doing her testing or whatever, um, I, could hear in the, <laughs> I could hear in the background, and these have been cracking me up, these videos. But one of the kids' moms in the background, I guess she didn't know that he was on mute, but she's like, if you don't raise your mother effing hand and ask that mother effing question, and the teacher's just like, 
everybody, let's remember to put our, our computers on mute. But it's like it was really a snapshot into like, this is what this baby is dealing with every day. This is, he's probably in a household where his parents don't have the educational background or patience or time or whatever it may be to sit down and walk him through things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we meme and we joke about that. If two plus two, if you got, we joke about that, but that's like a real situation. Like that's (laughs) really what's going on. So as the role of a teacher, it's like, it almost goes into like when you have those parents that say like, I'm not your friend. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be a parent. I understand and agree with that. But at what extent do we, you know, are we now just becoming disrespectful? Because at the end of the day, kids are kids, are kids, but they're not babies forever. And nowadays, especially with just like technology and you see videos of like one-year-olds knowing how to like work an iPhone and close your apps and decline calls and all of that. Their kids are picking up and they're moving just as fast as technology is. So it wouldn't make sense for us to keep you. You do things the same way and expect the different results is insanity. So for us to continue to expect that, oh, you just gonna have to figure it out. I don't. I don't. I haven't done math in so long. We just gonna have to figure it out. Or even the kids who I was. I had a friend of mine we were talking to the other day, and she was like, I didn't have. Wi-Fi in my house until we were like 14. She was like, I I didn't know about the internet. I didn't know any of those things. So I can only imagine like what it would be like for her parents to be trying to learn how to work Zoom or you know what I mean? They like, don't know how. How to they they don't know. And so how is that affecting our kids learning? Now I personally don't think that everything that's being taught in school is what people need to learn anyway. But I I think that this shift in this pandemic was so like I, I expected to see more more programming more training before just jumping kids back into school because it was like okay well, we're not going to be in the building anymore here download this program onto your laptop and, and we're going to learn like that are parents what willing laptop? or do parents have even the time to Our go parents, through a training my, I can personally speak from my clients position it, it's been a struggle it's mm-hmm. been a real struggle because and I'm going to speak specifically to parents I know that have their own diagnosis and struggles with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, a great example I had recently is she said, Miss Kenya, my anxiety, I had a panic attack mm-hmm. when I thought about it because, you know, I've survived and had all the skills, you know, street, you know, street smarts to be able to do what she has to do to take care of her family. She said, but academically, I wasn't strong in. I had my own IEP. Uh, in school and, mm-hmm. and I actually dropped out you know whatever and so now I'm expected to be able to, to facilitate what is education at home and so um, that conversation though came after the blow up mm-hmm. because right. the blow up was popping off right. it was popping off real because I was like am I going to call CPS you know I call, you know because I'm straight up with my parents but when I have to call I'll let you know you don't have to guess mandatory I, report I, and mm-hmm. I'll let you know but first let's try to see if we can do some things to make sure it doesn't happen because that's always my last resolve. But you don't have to never, ever guess if, if it's <laughs> me. Because I tell you, maybe from my car, I might tell you. <laughs> Depending on the situation. But anyway, but what was happening is she was getting so upset and she kept on saying that she didn't want the kids in the house. They can't do this here. I can't do this. I can't do this. They disrespectful. They do this. And so they were. I was getting referrals for respite. And so finally, when we had a moment when it was calm, I always like to go revisit things and kind of give it a space where we can talk about it without the emotion in it. Mm -hmm. And in that conversation, she let me know I had a full-blown panic attack, and you know, a couple different times. And it raised my anger. And she's like, and you know I got issues. And I said, you know, I said, I appreciate you being honest about that. I said, so let's try to figure out what we can do, you know, to get that situation calmer. And it's been a lot calmer. Um, in some respect, because now we know what the situation is. Now we know even that after the kids asking mm-hmm. her certain things raised her anxiety to a point where, you know, it, it made her angry and aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing about certain symptoms, speaking of mental health, is that people always assume, like, for example, depression. You know, you got to be like Eeyore. And mm-hmm. No, it, it sometimes shows and displays as anger, especially yeah. in our boys. You know, and so as far as just going back on with the in the home, as far as how school and parents are adjusting, um, it, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. Kids are are struggling. Oh yeah. You know, with this on, from a social aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be out with their friends. They want to. You know, for some kids, that was the only way and place they got mm-hmm. to interact. 
in some places that uh, that was the only place that they got a hot meal. Yeah, man. Um, at the school. Yeah, and it was peaceful for a moment, you know. And so it, it's definitely I've seen CPS reports go up. Yeah. Um, or the need for them. Uh, um, and things are coming out uh, that in terms of just abuse and things like that. That's definitely gotten higher. I think that it had it becomes now because, like I was saying earlier, like even for me at Ball State saying, okay, I don't want to be on campus no more. I'm going to do online classes with ADHD. I'm 22 years old, and I'm like, I cannot sit here and watch this 10-minute video. Like, I am really struggling to the point where I'm just like, F it. I'm just, screw it. I'm I'm not going to do it. So I can only imagine what that feels like for a child who already probably wasn't getting the attention that they need or the, uh, the, the specificity, I guess, that they need. Uh, in a school setting, who are who's now going home to parents who ain't nobody got time for that. That's why I send you to school. Well, now they got to do it here. So it's like, what are they really grasping? What are they really learning? Where does it become our responsibility as mentors, even just to talk to parents? You know, stepping outside of the kids. Where where when do we step in and talk to parents and say, hey, or even me as like a teacher, hey, I can help you learn how to teach this to them or at least how to get them to a place of understanding because I think too that even with teachers it's now become like I can hear when I see these videos I hear teachers getting frustrated because they can't focus they they can't learn like that not everybody can learn like that and even with teachers like not everybody can teach like that when I worked at like the YMCA that was one of I loved that job because it was something where it was very hands-on, and I could come up with my own. I didn't have to really, I had to stay within the means of a certain curriculum, but I could come up with my own complete teaching style versus when I got into an actual school and like teaching second graders. <laughs> At 28 years old, learning a curriculum is like <laughs> the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. <laughs> like It is so, and it, it seems like it would be so simple, but I had just a greater appreciation for teachers and educators in general because it is like, not only do you have to learn, these are the state standards that what they what they want you to teach them. But you have to learn each different student's teaching style and, and or learning style. And how can you adhere to this one student who is not a visual learner, but everything that you're teaching right now is, you know, written out on this board. How do you how do you focus on them without wasting time and, and, and ignoring all the rest of the kids? And you made a good point, though. How can we help? I think the biggest thing is if you see something, say something, mm-hmm. you know, and because a lot of times we'll see these things and people are so quick to meme about it and all that, mm-hmm. which I participate in too, no judgment, <laughs> or whatever. But I, in my world, I'm very big about if you see something, say something, you know, because you, you could be saving a life even. Yeah. You could be giving that mom the help that she really needs and maybe might be too prideful to ask mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have been in a system yourself, say, for example, a family that's been through the CPS struggle, then if you're struggling in a certain area, you start to overanalyze everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to ask for no help because last time I, you know, because then, you know, it might seem that I'm not capable or com- right. comfortable. And it's like, no, no, no. You won't lose your kids for that. But an anxiety develops mm-hmm. about it. And so it, you don't realize how big it can be. You know, um, so I say p- to people, if you see something, say something. If you see a mom struggling, help them out. And yeah, you might get cussed out by some parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. You really do. Mm-hmm. But uh, humor is always my biggest thing, you know, and, and I, she might snap off at me or whatever, and I'd be like, well, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll say something funny, and she'll be like, I, this woman's still talking to me, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I'm focused, I'm going to save that child today, you yeah. know, um, but I think usually if you approach people helping from a helping disposition, yeah, I think people are receptive to it. I also um, think that just sharing personal experience is so big. Um, I people disclosure helps, yeah. Because I think that people feel like, and again, I'll say this again, especially in the black community, it's like therapy. I'm not crazy. There's nothing wrong with me, but there doesn't need to be. Sometimes it's just Mm -hmm. about getting the perspective, and not even perspective. It's just about releasing whatever it is that you've got going on, good or bad, to somebody who's not biased, who doesn't know you, who you don't have to have the fear of them judging you. Representation, man. Right. Yeah. Representation. I say all the time, you survive, you survive, but are you better? Hmm. Are you better? You you survive child abuse, but are you better? You you if you can just brush that off, I, I would be more shocked than that. 
you know, as opposed to your behavior acting out as a result of it. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So I always say, you know, yeah, you know, like, I don't need all that. Well, you know what? How, how, well, Sonny, how did you work through that? How did you process all that mm-hmm. when, when that big traumatic situation happened? I don't, you know, I, I, I ain't got time for that. I ain't to work or whatever. But then, you know, I'm like, well, you said you just got bonded out last night. What? <laughs> <laughs> so you need to work. And, and I believe that anger, you know, might be related to some of the things that you just experienced, you know. And so, you know, I often tell people, you know, you survived it, but are you better? And that it, it really, really makes a difference to really have an understanding of why you do the things you do. Yeah. One of the greatest things about the work that I do in a program called RAP is we look at the underlying need mm. because so many people focus on behaviors. We don't chase behaviors. We look at the need. Mm. And, you know, the greatest example is that if you, you have a baby, it's crying. The crying is the behavior. But what does that baby need to stop the crying? Yeah. You take that and transfer that to a toddler, adolescent, or grown woman. She might be busting out your window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. we're focused on the behavior. But wh- wh- why is she busting out the window? What does she need? To, she needs to know she can trust you. Yeah. So what is it? It's not like she woke up like, yeah, I'm going to feel like busting out some windows today. Right. No, it, most people don't wake up saying, you know, I just feel like I want to be awful and depressed and suicidal and hurt other people's feelings and, yeah, abuse my kids. Yeah, that felt like the right agenda today. Right. Nah, people, yeah, no, they're going through something. They're going yeah. through something. Yeah. And so, everybody so can relate to like the you know, bully being bullied that that yeah. type of thing Actually, why are they bullying when because something is going on with them school based it would be so funny how i would have the kid that was being bullied in in a, in a session and then you would have the bully kid in mm-hmm. a session and you would find oftentimes it was because that bully you know was picking on that child he was jealous. Mm-hmm. Somebody was beating him up at home. Mm-hmm. You look all with your old loving and nurtured self. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, you yeah. gonna catch these yeah. hands. Can love save you from these hands? And you find that they were they, a lot of times you find they were jealous of something. Yeah. You know, and envied something, and they didn't have a way to express it other than like, you know, why why you get to be the one? All the time, yeah. Like love and care. I definitely <laughs> understand that. Um, recently, I've been unpacking some of my own baggage. Yeah. And I. Hugs or something that I've not really liked before mm-hmm. um, in my adult life. So I had to go back to my childhood to unpack why I didn't like hugs. And I came to find out I had a few family members who like to drink. Mm-hmm. So whenever I hugged them, I smelled liquor, which mm-hmm. smelled yeah. bad to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. So now as an adult, I realize it's not that I don't like hugs. It's you're triggered. I was triggered mm-hmm. by something mm-hmm. that happened. Mm-hmm. Triggered. You're triggered. And, and I've been able to unpack that as an adult. And now it's like all love for everybody. You yeah. feel me? So, you know, I'm hugging and that's everybody. Powerful. <laughs> I got an, an example that I have a girl and she was abused by someone who chewed Big Red. And so when she smelled it, it just gave her a nasty mm-hmm. attitude. Like, you know, those, they seem so small, small man. Mm-hmm. But it can so change your life, rich. man. Life mm-hmm. change, game yeah. changer. And, and you can only even imagine that I, sometimes I think people don't believe in like a buildup. Like oh, <laughs> people absolutely. don't believe in a buildup and they don't believe that. And I see this a lot with like when I was helping with kids who are like special needs when I that was back in like middle school or whatever. But that was one of the first things that they would tell us is that even though they might be mentally disabled, be, even though they may not develop or learn as quickly as other people, they still feel yep. and, 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 exactly. and still expect almost the same empathy and sympathy as any normal person would. So when you see that kid who is nonverbal spazzing out and that's just not his regular behavior mm-hmm. it's about figuring it out okay not only how do we stop him from spazzing out but how do we figure out how to communicate with him so that we don't get to this place again what or what it, what does he need mm-hmm. um <laughs> i just i lost my train of i'm distracted there's a lot going on outside today y'all <laughs> just so y'all know it's a lot that. going on outside um, i had a kiddo who i know i was thinking a lot i had a kiddo who um <laughs> that i worked with before he was mute mm. And that mute was uh, as a result of trauma. Mm. And so it was like, be careful because people were thinking he intellectually was delayed. No, he was very intelligent still. He just didn't but speak. But he made a choice to just disconnect because he was like, this world is just too crazy. Mm. Ain't it? What I feel like, that's my interpretation. Obviously, that's not probably what he was feeling. But when it, when you your system is shot to the point where you stop talking, mm-hmm. you've been through something there. How That's hurtful crazy. and how how just traumatic that has to be, and and he 
was actually being abused by a teacher, hmm. ironically in this case, because I filed CPS on the teacher, who was striking him in his back because she knew he didn't talk and he was getting some things. I don't know what was going on, but from what we ended up seeing him drawing it out, it looked like he was saying that things was wrong or whatever, but he was pointing out rings in his drawings. And this teacher wore rings on all oh, his wow. hands. And he was lifting his shirt up. Mm. So finally, it was like, what's going on with your back or whatever? And there were these bru bruises. You know, so you thought he wasn't intelligent enough. Mm -hmm. Getting back to your point. <laughs> uh, he was very intelligent. Yeah. He got a way to get his message out and share what was going on with him. You know, but um, at the end of the day, like you were saying, as far as um, how, how teachers can be better supported, which me, me lead to that, is that... Oh, I'm sorry. No, keep going. Oh. You're fine. We're fine. We got like five minutes. I think the professional development and things like that is very helpful and stuff like that to be able to get teachers to understand kind of what kids are going on at home. So that example I was thinking of is when that teacher might have heard that person saying, get your mother, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, reaching out to that teacher on the side, you know, saying, I know this might be frustrating for you being able to manage all of this. Yeah. Thing. You know, how can I help you? Or what is it that you need? Yeah. What is it that you need? Um, and help that parent understand, I can't talk to him like that. Okay? Yeah. Because, you know, so that's why you don't do nothing. Right. <laughs> right. That was sidebar. Right. Um, <laughs> so just transitioning, we're going to wrap it up here. I would love if you guys shared, if you have any off the top of your head, what kind of programs or organizations, events, shout out. No, seriously, um, are available to families who are dealing with children or even adults, whatever, with mental or behavioral disorders. Well, I'll share about mental health disorder. Well, mm -hmm. first of all, my program is not self-referral. We, we actually have contracts, and so I don't, I don't market. Mm -hmm. um, but um, Midtown Mental Health, Adult and Child, Gallus You, Aspire are just a couple of the mental health programs that are out here that offer community and school-based services. So they come in your home if you need to, or if you, you only can, if you can't get your kid back and forth to therapy, they even have on-site therapists at the school. Mm -hmm. And so I would strongly encourage parents, if you see some things that just, you know, you can't, I'm going to say it, spank it away. You can't take enough timeouts away, and, and there is repetitive behaviors over and over. That kid didn't wake up saying, I want to be punished. Right. Get that stuff checked out. And, there might be some underlying issues and underlying needs there that need to be addressed. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, um, I, again, I work on the east side mostly. Um, so two things on the east side I can give um, would be In Touch Outreach, intouchoutreach.org. They uh, um, handle mental health from a full family perspective. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so that's, yeah, that's multi-generational. That's being able to um, not only talk to the kid, but be able to talk to the mother to see how what her mother taught her is bleeding into what you know what you're teaching them, and then secondly, I also uh, work with the Queen Project, which is a mental health outreach on the East Side. Um, we focus on bringing awareness to and helping people heal and cope with mental health, mental illnesses, and other mm -hmm. traumas, uh, specifically on the East Side because we just feel like that uh, area needs so much of it. Um, oh, yeah. We have an art therapy support group. Um, I facilitate mm -hmm. a self-care class because I'm just all about self-care self mm -hmm. and important. how to implement a daily routine into your life and how that can really change your life. Um, we also have um, an informational class for um, mentors and program leaders and things like that just to make them aware of what traumas and mental health disorders are so that way mm -hmm. they're easier to be identified mm -hmm. for the people that they serve. Um, but there are plenty of, plenty of resources yeah. out there. Yeah, Mama Tasha said NAMI, not NAMI, NAMI National NAMI. Alliance on Mental NAMI. Health Institute. Absolutely. Yeah. So the options and are out there. Better help, betterhelp.com. Better help talk space. Yeah. Betterhelp.com. Actually, yes, get therapy online, 30 minute phone calls internationally. They yeah. Nice. Way cheaper too. than regular. Okay. regular. And you have your local, your mentor. Mentoring services are so important. That's the other aspect of services that we mm -hmm. offer outside of counseling is mentoring. It's a major thing. You wear that not you're not just talking it out, you're walking out with mm -hmm. these kids. And anyone can be a mentor. Yeah. Get your kid a mentor. Yeah, they need you know, yeah. Who, who Get me. Positive choices. 
we actually need some mentors for these learning hubs man we got these learning hubs popping up all across our city okay and we need people that look like us to go into these learning hubs and teach our kids um they're gonna be putting one in like 40 second and post of course we can get a teacher to go over there to that learning hub but how would better would it be accepted if there was somebody like me to go right and teach those young people the same things they would have learned in school and i think put them Churches. I mean, you do have Put your pastors that are your counselors. Absolutely. Put them in places where t- people typically feel like, you know, oh, no, you know, they're just going to say pray. No. You know, God has given us all talents to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. you know, post it at the church. Post it at the church, you know. Amen. <laughs> about that. So, anything else, lovely ladies? I think we've covered it all. We're about to wrap the show. That was a good show. I don't know what the hell we was going on outside going on y'all on I don't know <laughs> I really that? think that man was waiting on us to come out he waiting I, on he y'all just, he, <laughs> he waiting on y'all <laughs> Man, this man been standing out here this whole time. He didn't got into it with somebody. Well, I don't I know. know what that. I was getting then, nervous. Yeah, there was a lady walking by with a little newborn baby. It was a lot going. It was a lot going on today. I don't know what was going on, but we did a great show. I yeah. hope Facebook Live. I hope you guys got some helpful information. Um, as y'all have probably obviously noticed now, I'm going to be restructuring the show. So if you have topics that you want to talk about, if you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to me because it's just little old me now. So, you know, I could use the help. Um, I also started a fundraiser because this is going to get expensive now that I'm not splitting it with someone. So anything helps, you know, you guys. I really appreciate your support. This is just mind-blowing to me every time I get on live and realize that I've had 200, 300 views. I just, I really love y'all for that. Um... If y'all don't have anything self-care. else, well, self-care. self-care. I just want to say self-care. You know, if you feel like you got to drink it away, if you got to dance it away, if you got to shop it away, if you got to party it away, that's smoke. not going to help you. If you got to man it away <laughs> and woman it away, you know, smoke it away, uh, at the end of the day, that, that's not going to take it away. Yep. It, get you some therapy, y'all. Let's get you get some, you some therapy. Because when it's crossing over into addictions, that, get some therapy. Get some therapy. We can work that out. And you ain't got to be crazy to need therapy, baby. No, as a matter of fact, every therapist should have a therapist. Hello, I know I got mine. Right. <laughs> every mental health provider needs that therapist because yes, you can't right. hear the things that we hear and be like, still have hope in humanity <laughs> sometimes. Poor so, child. yeah. Thank you, Shira, no for problem. allowing us on. Thank you, daughter. Thank you guys both for being on here. Um, as y'all know, I like to wrap up the show. It could be worse. Count your blessings because it could be worse. And since we were talking about the youth and I couldn't cuss because my mom was here, I found an appropriate one. So, could be worse. Today, a Girl Scout asked me to buy cookies. She looked nice, so I bought five boxes from her. She took the money and went home with her mom. I opened the boxes when I got home and realized that the boxes just had rocks in them. (laughs) I just got scammed by a Girl Scout. (laughs) F my life. We got to do better for these kids. We have to teach these kids that they ain't got to lie and hustle and scheme because I'd be hot. If I bought five boxes worth of thin mints and didn't get it got thin From rocks, a I'd be hot. She's a hustler. <laughs> you know, they were positivity sandwich. It could have been worse, yo. <laughs> it could have been, been worse. They could have been just empty. She, they could have just been empty. Um, thanks, you guys, again for tuning in. As always, this has been The Slay with Shy Sheree. Thank you so much to my wonderful guest today, my mommy and Shade Hoskins. Thank you Make sure you guys tune in in the next two weeks. Send me your topics. Send me your invitations to want to be guests. I will definitely get back to you. And until next time, y'all, be black, be blessed, be beautiful. Peace.